When it comes to sharing the faith, it does not matter how much knowledge we have if we don't have the ability to share it in a way that will make people listen and in a way that will convince people and help them to come closer to Jesus and come closer to the church and not push them farther away. So in this video, we're going to be giving you the 10 top do's and don'ts, what to do when you evangelize, what you should do to bring people back to the church and to help people to understand, and what you shouldn't do, which will only push them away and push them farther away from God. And these things are so crucial. I have been evangelizing and doing apologetics for over 20 years, and some of these lessons I have learned the hard way, and I have come to bring so many people back to the church by God's grace because he taught me to do it the right way. And what he taught me, I am going to teach you. And if you would like to find all of these tips that we're going to give, you can find them in the back of our book, uh, Why Do You Believe in God? And it's a book on how to share your faith with others and really helping people to understand the faith. And we're going to get into all of these important tips in just 10 seconds. Hello everyone, my name is Brian Mercier, President of Catholic Truth, and if you haven't been here before, check out our description section below if you would like a Catholic speaker to come to your church, if you would like us to share this seminar at your church, or if you would like an online confirmation retreat to support us on PayPal or Patreon or anything else, it's all down below. What most people who share the faith, whether online or in person, don't realize is that it's not just what you say, but it's how you say it. It's not what you know, but how you present what you know. These are two equal halves, two equal parts of both of which you need. If you have knowledge, but you're a jerk about it, and you're mean about it, and you're sassy, and you're rude, nobody's going to want to listen to you. You're not going to draw any people closer. And in fact, it's probably true that you'll push people farther away. Then why are you evangelizing anyways? Because you're not doing what Christ wants, and you're not doing it in the way that Christ wants. So these tips will help us to bring people back to the faith. And we have to realize right off the bat that evangelization and apologetics is a cultivated art. It takes time to learn and to grow. Most people don't even want to do this because they fear failing. They fear that they're not going to be good enough. They fear that they're not going to know enough. And this is a form of pride where we think converting people or sharing the faith is all about us. It's not. It's all about Christ. It's his work. It's his grace working in and through us. And we are just the windows that lets the light through. In fact, we don't do that much at all. It's all his work. And he does the heavy lifting. And if you're the one trying to do all the heavy lifting and you're getting angry and frustrated and beating your head against walls and thinking other people are stupid idiots for not listening, then you're not letting Christ do enough of the heavy lifting. And we are trying to do too much. And it's our pride that's trying to convert people rather than just plant seeds and let Christ do the rest. We have to remember that evangelization is not about winning or losing arguments. It's about winning souls, caring for souls, bringing souls back to Christ. And this is a cultivated art that takes time. It's about trial and error and practice and success and failure, running away and not having the answers and saying, I have to go look it up, coming back, but learning from that and growing better, cultivating those arguments, fostering them more and more and making them pristine, precise, and effective. So here we go with these tips that I think will help you very much. 
one of the most important do's you can do is to have a testimony, a 30-second to one-minute testimony of what God has done in your life, how He has changed your life, why your life is better because of God, because of Jesus Christ, because of your faith. Where were you before your faith? And how have you been better ever since? I share my testimony often with people, and it gets through a lot more effectively many times than just apologetics arguments or giving facts or quoting the Bible. Anywhere, anytime almost, we can share our story of how God's changed our life, and that makes people think. And then we, of course, we pray and we water those seeds. The second thing you want to do is pray before and after you evangelize people because it's not about us. It's not about us, our own powers, our own work. It's all about Christ. And if we're not praying and we don't have a prayer life and we don't have a good relationship with God, then what are we doing? We're trying to evangelize for him and his kingdom, but without him, it is impossible to evangelize effectively or to please God in your evangelization efforts if you don't have a relationship with him first. You can't do his work without him. You need both. And he is the power behind all of our evangelization efforts. He is the grace and the spirit behind the effectiveness that we have. No God, <laughs> no success. The third tip we give is so crucial. And this is to not only listen to people, but to understand what they're saying. This is very much absent many times online. People just yell and scream at each other and yell louder and scream louder, but they don't take time to listen to where the other person's coming from or try to understand the point they're making. And this is absolutely crucial. We need to understand where they're coming from because a lot of the arguments that they're making are not their real problems. So we don't just listen with our ears, we listen with our hearts. Listen real close to what they're saying. Many times they'll attack the Catholic church for the sex abuse scandals or the crusades and the inquisition. And you'll see these people just go down the line of all these bad things against the church, but they don't have a real problem with any of these things. They're just using it as ammunition because they're angry. They were hurt by someone in the church. Maybe they were scandalized. Maybe they had their feelings hurt and they're just angry and they're, they're venting on the church. But if we don't listen well, and we're not really listening with our heart and with the Spirit, we are going to think that they're mad about the Crusades and the Inquisition and all these other things that they're not mad about. And in fact, I got into a 45-minute discussion with an atheist about all of these things before he told me finally that he doesn't care about any of these things. He said, Brian, do you want to know what my real problem is with the church? Yes. There we go. Unless you really listen, you're not going to get to the root of the problem. You're only going to be picking leaves off of a tree of what you think their issues are. And unless we get to the root of what the real issue is, we will never bring people back to the faith. We will never bring people back home to the church, and we will never answer their questions to their satisfaction. Tip number four is a do that is an advanced technique that works wonderfully. It's one of the best recommendations that I can give you. And it is to ask questions. Learn to ask questions. This goes back to the tip of trying to understand where people are coming from. When Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons come to me at my house, I don't evangelize them right, the, right away. I try to ask many questions and understand where they're coming from. 
I ask, oh, how about this? Oh, but what do you believe about that? And eventually their answers start not holding up and you start finding faults in them and little cracks in their reasoning. And then you question those and eventually they back themselves into their own corner. So many times asking questions is the most powerful form of evangelization. I had Mormons come up to me once and they said the Crusades were evil. The Catholic Church is evil. They just went around killing a lot of people. I said, really? I said, what year did that take place? They had no idea. They just looked dumbfounded when I asked the question. I said, who was the Pope during the time? They had no idea. I said, what were the historical circumstances taking place that led to the Crusades? And they both just looked at each other and they shrugged. And I said, it sounds like you hate something that you don't know much about. And just by asking these questions, I not only showed them that they didn't know anything about the topic, but I didn't even need to answer their objections. They realized that they didn't know what they were talking about and they needed to go do more research. Sometimes people say, oh, you have your truth, I have my truth. All truth is the same. And I'll say, really, why do you believe that? They'll say, well, all religions are basically the same. I'll say, really, what about Satanism and Christianity? Are those the same? Or what about uh, Judaism and a Mormon polygamous cult that hurts people? Are those the same? Well, no, not those. Okay, so they're not all the same. So what do you really mean by that? So by asking really good uh, questions, you not only help people to see the errors and flaws in their way of thinking, which is so needed today because people do not think about their arguments very deeply nowadays, but you also will make them think much later on and it will give you the opportunity to help people and to then go on to answer the things that they don't understand. But unless you get them to realize that they don't know what they're talking about or their argumentation is flawed, then it doesn't work out. You Catholics worship Mary. Really, why do you think that? Well, because you pray to her, and the Bible says only to pray to Jesus. We do pray to Jesus, but we also ask Mary to pray for us as well to Jesus. Don't you ask your friends and your family to pray for you to Jesus? Well, yes, but that's different. How is it different? So you see that I ask a lot of questions, and it's really effective strategy. It takes practice, and it takes time, but once you learn this, it's one of the best evangelization techniques you can use. The next tip is to find common ground, and this should be done, you know, toward the beginning. Many times when we talk to Protestants who are not in our faith, we have so much more in common than not. We could share our love for Jesus, our love for the Bible, our love for and desire for heaven, and so many more things. Finding this common ground and a respect, a healthy respect for that other person will help us to be able to discuss the differences more frequently, more effectively, and more charitably. This leads us to our next point of being humble and admitting when you don't know an answer and saying that, hey, I have to go look up the answer. Hey, I'm not sure about that. You know what? I'll get back to you. That's okay. You don't need to have all the answers. I've brought people into the Catholic Church and I have not done a good job sometimes or I have not had all the answers, but God works through you, which is another tip of why you have to have that prayer life. You have to have that prayer life because it's all God's power. There are more do's, a lot more do's in my book uh, to mention, but let's get into some of the don'ts because these are equally important and they're so necessary. They will keep you from effectively evangelizing and spreading the faith. They will keep you from bringing people home to the church. They will keep, I mean, so many people get frustrated. They beat their head against walls saying, why are these people so stubborn? Why won't they come into the church? I've been evangelizing for years and I haven't really made any progress with anyone. Well, that's probably because you're doing it wrong. It's not just about the right arguments. It's about how you say it and the way you go about it, the way you present yourself, the humility and the charity you have behind your arguments. 
So the first don't, of course, then, is don't be prideful. Don't look down on other people as being less than you, as being wrong or as being uh, silly heretics. And maybe, you know, some of these things are true. Maybe they are wrong. Maybe the argumentation isn't good. But if you have an air of pride and sassiness and you look down on others, I mean, they're going to be able to feel that and you're going to push them away. They're not going to want to trust you. They're not going to want to believe you. And just in pride themselves, they're not going to come closer to the faith. So we want to remove the obstacles that people have, the impediments that they have to come closer to God and to come closer to our church. And that comes through by not being prideful, not being angry, not being sassy, not being judgmental and condemning them. I mean, this is what many fundamentalists do to us. Oh, you Catholics are all evil. You're all heretics. You're going to hell. I can't wait until you burn 10 laughy faces online. Oh, your argument is so stupid. You're not going to win anybody ever over using those techniques, using those tactics. That's not what Christ did. He would never do such a thing. Paul would never stoop to such a level. But yet we do many times and we have to raise the caliber of our apologetics. This leads us to our second don't, which I just mentioned, is don't get angry. Don't get heated. Don't get frustrated. When The more we do that, the more it's about us. The more we think they're not listening to us. Oh, it's so frustrating. It's not about you. It's just about planting seeds, whether they listen or not. I have had, even recently, several times over, people coming up to me saying on Catholic Truth here and saying, I used to be one of those Catholic haters. I was the one yelling and screaming at you, but you were really kind to me. You were really nice to me. Or I was one of the people who just, you know, fought you at every turn, but you gave me good convincing arguments. You know, I've been thinking about it for a while. I've seen some other things that convinced me, and now I'm coming into the Catholic Church. I'm actually in RCIA. So some of the most hardened cases are coming home to the Catholic Church because we took time to deal with their doubts, their questions, their animosity. Many times people don't want to come to the church and they don't think it's true and they come kicking and screaming and that doesn't mean we need to kick and scream back. It just means we need to love them more, be humble more and give better arguments rather than laughy faces and sass in its place. So don't get angry. It's not about you. It's about Christ. And the more we get angry, the more it's not going to help the situation. The more we stay calm, cool and collected, we are doing what Christ did and we're showing love patience, kindness, and the good fruits of the Spirit that it mentions in Galatians chapter 5. The next one is remember that your actions speak louder than words. So don't do anything, and this is similar to the last one, but don't do anything that Christ wouldn't want you to do. Don't do anything that Paul or Peter, the true evangelists, uh, Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, St. Francis de Sales, who won 60,000 Protestants back to the Catholic faith. Read his life. Read his stories. Read how he did it. And we have a whole video on that that you can find, St. Francis de Sales. They were super humble, super kind, super gentle. So don't do anything that Christ would not want you to do because that's only going to go against the goals that you want in your life, the desire to bring these people home in your life. So many people just get into fights with their family, fights with their friends, fights with their loved ones, their spouses, and they're arguing and beating heads over the faith, that's not going to bring people home. What's going to bring people home is loving them and being patient with them. Evangelization is a slow process. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes kindness. It takes saying, you know what? You don't want to come closer to the church. You're not really buying my argument now. That's fine. You know what? I'll pray for you. If you have any more questions, let's talk about it. 
You're not going to do it by beating heads with people. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> not usually. Our examples speak much louder than our words. And I need you to hear that. Your words are not loud compared to your actions. Your words can say one thing and your actions can say another. They both need to match up and they both need to be like Christ. Because our example speaks volumes. I brought so many people into the church just by being a good example, being joyful, being kind, even when they're yelling and screaming at me, and even when they wouldn't listen to my arguments, and I thought all my arguments failed, and then they come back to me and say, you know what, I've been thinking about it, and you know what, I, I think you're right, or I was wrong on this aspect, or I want to become Catholic, how can I do that? It happens a lot more than you think once you start doing these things the right way. And of course, there are more in the book, but the last one I'll mention here is don't try to do the impossible. Don't try to convert people that are impossible to convert. I mean, I, some people are unstable. They're not mentally fit and they don't talk uh, in a rational way. They present nonsense. All the stuff they attack you with is just there something going on inside of them. And sometimes we just can't reason with people. And we are not the people who are supposed to get through to them in their life. Sometimes just because we can evangelize someone does not mean that we should. And in fact, God might have someone else he's going to use to get through to them. So we should always be praying, especially for discernment. God, do you want me to speak to this person? If so, when and how and in what way? These are crucial questions. The more we are open to the Holy Spirit, the more he can work in our life. Every day I used to pray for many, many years, Lord, Holy Spirit, if there's someone you need me to talk to today, please lead me to them. If there's someone who needs to know your truth, please lead me to them. And almost every day I'd be having a conversation with someone about the faith, and it was wonderful. But at other times, I've spoken to people, and just people who are nonsensical. They'll say, oh, you only can go by the King James Version of the Bible. And I say, really? Yes, if it's not in the King James Version, then it's not true. Well, can you show me where in the King James Version it says that? If it has to be in the Bible, where does it say that we should only go by the Bible? And where does it say we should only go by the King James Version of the Bible? And we went around and around and around. And he literally just keeps saying, you only can go by the King James Bible. Well, where does it say that in the Bible? You only can go by the... Like this guy is not able or capable of having a real intellectual discussion, which is why they just repeat things. I got into a conversation with an Orthodox. In fact, I've hardly ever encountered an Orthodox um, churchgoer online who's actually nice. Maybe one, maybe two. They yell, they scream, they condemn. You're heretics, you're papal evil freaks who are going to hell. And you can't have a conversation with them. Why beat your head against walls uh, with people who don't want to listen in the first place, who aren't open to listening, who just hate? Yes, you can try a little bit, but if you keep beating your head against a wall and they're just arguing in circles. I mean, some lady was saying that the Pope is a heretic, you know, and the Pope is evil and the Catholic Church is evil. I said, well, you know, Jesus started the Catholic Church. And she said, no, the Catholic Church started in like 500s. I said there were like 50 popes before the 500s. How could that be? Oh, you don't know history. That's just papal history. The real history is that the popes uh, didn't start until the 500s and the Catholic Church started in the 500s. But I said, but you can look in an encyclopedia. That's not Catholic history. Oh, but the Catholic Church gave them the history they wanted to be put in there so they could deceive people. Like, this is not even intellectual or rational. This lady probably has some other issues going on in her life, but we went around for 20 minutes and I was didn't get any further than I was with this lady uh, when I first started talking to her because she wasn't open to truth. So you can leave the heavy lifting to God or ask him to put someone else in their life who can get through to them. 
Uh, or in the other way, sometimes people treat us like a doormat, and we don't need to be treated like a doormat. Sometimes maybe people in our family will curse at us or swear or make fun of us constantly or degrade us for our faith. And you know, it's not our job to convert evil people. It's our job to pray for them and if God calls us to, to deal with them. But we don't have to always be uh, a doormat or put ourselves in those situations where we're going to be hurt or we're going to be wounded or people are going to abuse us in some way. No, we can pray for them. We can fast for them. And in fact, that's what the saints did for many people uh, that would not listen to them or who attacked them in some way. So these are just some of the tips that we offer for evangelization. And in fact, our whole book, uh, Why Do You Believe in God, is not only designed to teach you what to say, the arguments you can make to people, but how to say it. And there's even many interjectory notes in there will teach you how to evangelize, which is just as important. And these are the, some of the tips that are mentioned in the book, uh, which you can get if you're interested. The information is all below in our description section down below. But if you found these tips helpful, then please let us know. Please let us know your thoughts. I have messed up many times in evangelization. I did it wrong many times. I've failed many times. And and I've grown and I've learned and I've cultivated arts over 20 plus years. And uh, now God has used me to help many people because he has taught me. And I don't try to beat people over the head with the truth anymore. I sincerely care for souls and I sincerely care that people come back to Christ. And I want them to have what I have, and that's to be transformed in him. So thank you. I appreciate everyone who watched this video. There's so many people doing it the wrong way. So please share this video with them if you know someone like that who might need to see it. But thanks a lot, and God bless you.